Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and I sound really enthusiastic for some reason, but I don't know why because I'm here in a room with American Pete. I'm back! And he's sober. (laughs) Oh wow, thanks, yeah. Oh my god, my stomach's rumbling really badly. You're very hungry. It's weird, right, last week I was was quite ill. Um, I don't know what it was, it was a bit Covid-y, I'm not going to lie. So I was sort of in a room doing nothing for four days and... Since then, I've had like really bad appetite problems. So I, 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 I don't know what's wrong. Maybe I can't work out if it's loss of appetite because I'm not eating enough, or it's I'm I'm I've got like nausea because like I just feel really hungry all the time. Mm. But yesterday, I ate like I, I was like I'm going to be a scientist. I'm going to eat everything, and I ate an entire <laughs> Italian restaurant. <laughs> They're like, so good to meet you. I'm like, bring me everything. They're like, what do you mean everything? Like, everything. everything. And double the cheese. And I brought everything, and I ate everything, and then I still had this weird sensation, this mm. nausea feeling. And and But then today I feel really hungry now, and I've had to look back over the day. And what have I eaten? I had two energy jellies. Okay. In the in the drive over to, to see you, as we're at Pete's studio. And I had this like weird German pizza thing for lunch. That's interesting. It was way f- in hindsight, it was wafer thin. That there wasn't <laughs> much of it. So maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not eating enough. Yeah. So your stomach feels queasy. You know, also, my body clock is fucked. Right. Uh, I put out a video the other day called like uh, "Day in My Life in Japan," mm-hmm. and I edited it until like six a.m. and then I went to bed and I got up at like two or two p.m. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically jet lagged on top of this. And it, it, what the main takeaway is: this is a very bad way of living. Yeah, <laughs> and my hands are shaking because I haven't had my morning beer, as according oh my to God. you, oh apparently. My God. Oh. I, God. Reckless lifestyles of morons. Yeah. I mean, my, my yeah, I'm not this bad normally. It, it was the being ill thing threw me off, but we'll get through it. But Looks my, like you self-diagnosed the issue. It's a passing thing. Once you get back on your regular schedule. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop editing. So that's the main takeaway. But everyone liked the video, so that's good. Yeah. Best performing video. Of this year so far. Not and, at all shocked. And it's not like a slick produced documentary. It's me just going, oh, I hate muesli. Look, it's a cat. And it's like, I did do one good thing. Have you seen it yet? Uh, not yet. Oh, there's, and I don't expect you, I, I don't know one of those people, have you seen my videos? No, no, have no. Have you no. seen it? Have you watched it? Of course it? not. There's a good moment in it. I don't want to spoil it. Um, 
but I introduce uh, my Swedish friend in a very good way. Interesting. Got a cool Swedish friend called Jürgen, and I introed him in an interesting way, and that's all I'll say. And if you've seen the video, you'll know what I'm talking about. But well, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So I, I'm the, the, the worst yeah. audience. He's the worst fan. I know. And <laughs> but I will say, I'm glad it's performing well. Sometimes people need a return to basics, you, but you yeah. can't have that without the fun, slick things either. There's a balance to all these videos that yeah. you don't know you miss something till it's gone. I think uh, you know. I've, I I think it's my fault because as it, I was talking to Sean about this, you know, because people are very happy about this day in the life video because it's set in. The apartment it's very mundane at times it's me it starts off with me eating some muesli and going oh, i hate my life and then i play with a cat and i'm like oh, i hate my life even more <laughs> and then i go for like a little walk around tokyo for like an hour and a kid throws a, a baseball at me mm. i pick it up and he's like are you an influencer and i'm like don't use the word influencer it makes me sick I'm, like, I'm a youtuber and he's like oh do you have a channel i'm like yeah abroad and then for some reason I was I fucked up my words. I went, yeah, a brawn in Japan, like a brawn toothbrush, <laughs> and he's like the brawn. I was like, oh, I'm a brawn. It's very good. You should watch it. How old is this kid? Uh, he, uh, he's probably like fourteen or something. He was a Japanese student. He was a Japanese foreign kid. He, he a Japanese foreign, He's a Japanese kid, but he spoke English fluently. And this is a day in your life. And does this, this is, happen this regularly? Just, this is just the morning, Pete. Wow. And then I edit a video for four hours. That wasn't the, that was a not so fun bit. And then I go uh, surfing. That was quite fun. Yeah, sounds. Uh, that's, that's, I I go surfing like once or twice a month. So it wasn't like a lie. I didn't do it as a lie. And then I cook Charlotte dinner. Now that is a lie. <laughs> now, I know I you. No, but she she'd been away for a week, and I was like, I'm going to treat her uh-huh. to something amazing. I'm going to give her food poisoning. And I, <laughs> I cooked uh, chicken and camembert. Okay, it should be a very <laughs> special day in the life of Chris Brown, not a day in the life. She liked it. She said it was a bit cheesy. Yeah, but you do love your cheese. It was good. Camembert's good shit. Mm. And then I ended the day with a little walk around Shinjuku, filming some videos and with my new lens. So it was a, it was a good day, it was a good day, and it was a great video. And it was a great video, and if it's the best performing video, even though I've made like really slick productions, nobody cares. They, they care. just want muesli and a cat. So I'm going to give them. I all think the people want the whole spectrum. I think you know when you do this as a job, I don't, and I was like when I started out doing this, it was like you're there in the room with me, right? Mm-hmm. Literally, it's me in my bedroom slash apartment. It was just one room, my sitting room, bedroom. And, you know, the camera's set up there on a tripod and you're there with me in the room through the highs and lows. And as the years have gone by, I've sort of retreated. And, and certainly when Charlotte and I started dating, I was a bit wary of, you know, filming it, of course. We want to take our time with it. So I didn't film it in the apartment much. And so it felt maybe for a lot of viewers that my life was gradually getting further away from them and I wasn't inviting them in enough. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I can see that. Get. Yeah, sure. Because I sure. think the, the beautiful thing about doing this is you can let viewers into your life and you can share those moments and sort of... It, it's all about transparency, right? And so if I'm making slick videos but people feel like they, they're not there with me anymore, or there's a wall in the way, then I completely get that. And the comments and the feedback I received was like, yeah, it's good to actually be you know with you there, Chris, like in the fucking sitting room. Or in with the cat, or just there with the barrier pulled down again, and so that's something I'm, I feel like I want to do going forward a bit more. I want to get that relationship with the viewer back and do it not to the detriment of, you know, just try and try and get back, things back to where they were. And I think I can do that now. 
uh, now that I've moved to Tokyo. Of course, and it's always a tricky balance. I know that um, sometimes, in a very limited experience, I'm very much, I've been doing this for a decade, but I, I stream a lot from the studio. Yeah. And, and some people, I'm always letting them in. It's just me and them, right? But then right. I go and do things, and they really like, I do projects. Very shady. Well, I mean, I do projects with you, or I've been on the Trash Taste episode, or I do this stuff, these collaborations. Yeah. And then people really like those things. Mm. But then there's the voice that say, I really miss when it was just playing games, hanging out, and chit-chatting. But then you go back to that, and about th- two or three weeks later, they say, well... When's the next? When are you going to be with Chris again? When's Trash Chase? Yeah. And then, so it's, it's, a balance, it's a balancing. It's act. a balancing act. I think in my case, I became too reliant on collaboration, sure, content, and 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 too many people. Um, and there wasn't just there wasn't just videos of me alone like there used to be. And um, that's why we watch is for you. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but I, I think it's important when you introduce loads of people. And I guess with the late season of Journey Across Japan, there was like four of us, right? There was seventeen so of us. <laughs> it was like an army of people, and I think some people found that a bit hard to, to wrap their head around. But the last season of Journey Across Japan did well. Yeah, you sure. I it. had a great time. I think the one reason it didn't do as well was because it was set in winter, but it was summer when it was released. Sure. Um, and uh, I think that from a personal standpoint, it was really fun um, from my end to show people how you do things behind the scenes. How the sausage is made. That was fun. It was fun. And the feedback that I got from that is still is relevant to this day where everyone's there. They'll cite when they, hey, I saw the video, but I remember when he set it up like that. That was really mm. cool. So, yeah, as long as you're having fun and you're challenging yourself and enjoying what you do, that's that's the main thing. But I do think that ultimately the main reason people like your channel as as a friend of yours is I think that we're friends uh, yeah well one-sided yeah. Uh, is that I think that of course the initial draw is Japan a lot of people are interested in the country and you've provided some sort of a platform to showcase it but they stay because of your personality and sometimes you're right adding too many cooks in the kitchen can but get what away happens from if it. I'm not in Japan Pete what yeah. happens then I think you'll be surprised how many people would follow you <laughs> viewership five people hey well it'd be a very supportive five and if they if those people only watch because of Would Japan you watch abroad in Wales yeah I'd love it <laughs> take me to Cardiff I let's suppose go. you know her part Welsh I, I, Back to part Welsh. <laughs> I think that as long I watch let me put it this way I watch streamers from around the world and I'm interested in my Welsh friends who stream not Connor who's in Japan <laughs> I mean what the fuck I mean like there's there's every place is interesting now, Japan just has the benefit of Kansas somehow. Interesting. Almost every place is interesting. Uh, Kansas is not one of no. them. No, it is. I, I, I would love to show people a... Wheat fields. That's wheat fields. Oh, Thank I heard, you. I heard you whistling a minute ago before we started recording the Wizard of <laughs> yes, Oz soundtrack. If I only had a brain. Yes. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was when... Um, <laughs> I don't know why I was whistling that, and I was hoping you couldn't hear through these soundproof walls. Well... Wisdom of Oz aside, let's dive into our Let's first get into story. The show. Uh, Josh from the UK got a story this week from Josh. He says, "Hello, crispy chicken, Chris. Well, I'm getting hungry again. God damn it, Josh! And perky pineapple pea. Mm. Not so much of a question, just sharing an amusing experience. Two friends and I visited Japan a few years ago, when we of course found ourselves in a bar late night in Osaka. Afterwards, we hailed a taxi to get back to our hotel, which was driven by a very old Japanese man." About halfway into the drive, back at a set of red lights, we drunkenly but quietly encouraged the taxi driver to race the other taxi sat waiting next to us. And to our complete disbelief, he actually did. Jesus Christ. Wow! He absolutely floored it. 
when the traffic lights changed, and to our cheers, we beat the other taxi to the next set of lights, which seemed to be racing us too. This repeated over and over again at each set of lights, with us cheering louder and the taxi driver actually laughing out loud each time. We have no idea how he understood what we were saying, unless, of course, he spoke English, but none of us can remember. This experience alone was worth the extortionate price of the taxi ride, although the more sober member of our trio found it quite scary. <laughs> Another podcast, keep up the good guy, uh, keep up the good work, guys, Josh from the UK. Well, this uh, second uh, s- second podcast of the week where the story's been from Osaka under very dubious circumstances. Last mm. week it was angry train man. This week it was crazy taxi experience. What do yeah. you make of that, Pete? I think that the 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 commonality in this is I, I honestly truly think it doesn't surprise me it happened in Osaka, which mm. does have a tendency and a, a reputation of being a bit more loose with the rules, a bit more fun. A bit more joking, and mm. people from Kansai or Osaka, they take great pride that they're a bit more on the wild side. Yeah, they yeah, do. It's a they it's do. a fun thing to to be amused by. I'm from Osaka, so I can be well, like this. Like basically, that all the comedians in Japan just come from Osaka. Right? It's a it's a very large majority of them. So I find it very. Very interesting that this taxi man had a little bit of juice left <laughs> that he was like, I'll show you an Osaka style. I'm just glad the story didn't end with, and we crashed and everyone died. <laughs> yes. Except me, and I'm scarred <laughs> for it now. And what should have been a fun night out <laughs> took a dark, dark turn. True. I don't condone criminal activity, but I, I'm not surprised it happened in Osaka. Well, that's a fun story, though. Fun story, indeed. Uh, we've got a story this week about... The, this is a story like, it's, it's like, I don't really it's it's one of the, it's a story that i feel was above my pay grade but that's interesting I think it's quite it's high. japan raises age of consent from oh. 13 to 16 in mm. reform of sex crimes law japan has raised raised the age of consent from 13 among the world's lowest to 16 years old as lawmakers passed key reforms to sex crime legislation a new bill which also clarifies uh, rape prosecution requirements and criminalizes voy- uh, criminali- criminalizes voyeurism cleared Parliament's upper house in a unanimous vote. The age of consent, below which sexual activity is considered uh, rape, is 16 in Britain, 15 in France, and 14 in Germany and China. Japan has been unchanged since 1907, with children aged 13 and above deemed capable of consent. In practice, across many parts of the country, regional uh, ordinances banning lewd acts with minors are sometimes seen as in effect, ranging the age of consent to 18. Under the new law, teen couples no more than five years apart in age will be exempt from prosecution if both partners are over 13. Um, Japan last revised its criminal code on sexual offences in 2017 for the first time more than a century, but campaigners say the reforms were insufficient. And in 2019, a string of Acquittals in rape cases triggered nationwide rallies. Uh, under the previous law, prosecutors had to prove victims were incapacitated due to violence and intimidation, and critics argued that requirements in effect blamed victims for not resisting enough. God, it's good lord. Um, what do you think of that, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's long overdue, yeah. obviously, and it's it's kind of... Honestly, it's one of the worst aspects of Japan until this law passed is that if you go to like places like Akihabara or if you read a lot of like there's like these kind of comic book or manga adaptations, I've always felt, especially coming from a teaching background, that some of the imagery shown skews far too young. 
And they dance around it in really bizarre ways. They'll say, well, this is a, uh, a it's robot wrong, yeah. or it's an art that this is actually a, a drone that's lived 3,000 years or an angel. And it actually kind of makes a lot of people uncomfortable as tourists when they go to like those places. Yeah, I'm not exactly nice comfortable with it. I'm of course not. Lie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not. I, I've never understood it. And I remember this case from or not the, the ones you cited, but the I remember that they had made reforms in 2017 because I was still living here at that time. Right. It was not sufficient. And so to have it finally, I had some messages coming from friends who just saw this news article. Yeah. And they were like, dude, seriously? It took, yeah. and I'm like, I understand 2023. If it makes you feeling better, I can't even vote. They don't let me say my opinion. But um, this took too long, but it's a step, a major step in the right direction. Yeah, no, absolutely. Can you imagine though, the, the wording of that the victims didn't resist enough. It's very worrying. I mean, <laughs> it's that's extremely you know, worrying. It's 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 one of the darker aspects, I guess, of things here, um, for sure. And you know, I've read some horrible stories mm. of, of people that have been raped in Japan, and then they have to like reenact it in front of police officers on the street. Oh They're like, my "Can you God. just show us how it happened?" And it's like, "What the fuck?" It's it's pretty fucked. It's very dark, and it's you know. I feel like I'm not qualified to really talk about it. Certainly not. We don't have a lot of experience, obviously. This is clearly... You don't need qualifications to know. No. This is a thing, a step in the right direction. And uh, alarming that it's been like this for very long. Age of consent, 13. Like, so, no. But this is this no. is actually... I thought I thought the UK was 16 or that... Because you, know, you mentioned all these European nations were 15 and lower. Well, so UK... Uh, Britain's 16. Okay, so Britain is 16. France, 15. Germany and China, 14. Interesting. Um, yeah, glad it happened. Didn't could have happened way earlier. Nineteen oh seven to two thousand seventeen. Kind of a big <laughs> way too long to live yeah. in this kind of style. But hey, uh, maybe they can make more stringent penalties as well going forward, and Hopefully. then we can be finally done with it as a talking point because that'd be the right outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be back in a moment, guys, with your stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. 
Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Facts Machine. We got a story this week from Kyle from Brisbane, Australia. You can read it out. Grizz Vegas, is it? Can I do my Australian accent? No. Okay. Dear Chris, the dragon of Yamagata. Yeah. And Pete, the mad dog of Harder. Hartlepool? Hartlepool. <laughs> Pete won't be happy to hear you butchers. Hey, I'm not Ted. that guy. I'm Hartlepool. I don't know. <laughs> Is that even English? Okay. I'm aware that most Japanese taxi drivers are quite elderly, do not speak much, if at all, any English and are mostly unsure about where to precisely go. My question is, would a simple insert place name here, Onegaishimas, be enough to point them in the right direction? And do Japanese taxi drivers use GPS if they're unsure where to go? Regards, Kyle from Brisbane, Australia. I mean, I yeah, I talked about this actually two weeks ago with the other Pete. I got in a taxi the other day, and uh, the guy driving it was, I think it was 82, he said. And... Uh, he was like, taxi drivers these days just don't know what they're doing, where they're going. And we got stuck in a traffic jam. He was like, watch this. And he like fucking hit the full throttle and drove through someone's garden or whatever. And went down, <laughs> down like some dodgy roads, mowed down half a fucking road. And he was like, I'm so smart. Young people these days don't know how to use knowledge. They use GPS. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you're right. And credit where it's due, uh, I got in a taxi just... Yesterday, and I don't spend my life in taxis. I do get them every now and then. Uh, sure, I, I, no taxis are so bloody expensive and a waste of money. But I got in one, uh, and I, the guy used GPS, and he went down the wrong road, and then we got stuck, and it took him fifteen minutes to reverse. Oh god! It was a road that like gradually got more and more narrow, and he, you could see him being like, "Oh, trotto." fuck, and and then we just <laughs> we just hit a dead end that he couldn't get the car down. It became like a pedestrian footpath. Mm. So he had to reverse, and he reversed straight into a wall and smashed the back of the taxi. He did not. And I just felt bad because he was like, see my sense, see my sense. Smashed. He was like, oh, sorry, sorry. And he started speaking English and apologizing. And apolog- it was just like really uncomfortable as he smashed his taxi to pieces. And uh, Wow. Yeah. But uh, the taxi drivers here, it's not like London where you can be like, go take me to Fenchurch Street. And they'll be like, yeah. They, well, now, in London, they London. have to pass the test. If they're not an Uber driver, if it's just a black cab taxi driver. What's it called? It's called the fucking super taxi test. I don't no, know what no, it's no, called. No, there's a special word for it. And it's extraordinary. You have, to, you have to ride around on a moped for like two years. I don't know about that. But I know you have to memorize all the roads, basically. Yeah. And pass the test, which I think is great. Uh, and not relying on GPS. Uh, but they don't do that in Japan. Yeah, and I think to answer your question, um, I think if you know you're going to be taking a taxi, 
Know the train station. Know the train station, for sure. They do know the train station. They do. Um, other than that, though, no. Or or write it down beforehand, especially because most people take taxis when they've had a bit too much to drink or they're coming <laughs> home late at night. Speak for yourself, Pete. But I'm just saying, or they're not a Uber millionaire riding around the back streets of Japan and crashing their car <laughs> in gardens. But the what you could do is get a list ready that has that you could show them plainly. Yeah, or just have the address. Yeah. They, they do know that if you give them the address or a phone number, they can put that in. And you're on your way. But stations yeah. are the best. If Just you know the station, yeah. that's the that's the safest. We want to hear from Wesley. He says, "Dynamite, Chris. Hello, and sensational Pete. My friends and I are planning a hiking trip from the bottom of Kyushu all the way to the tip of Hokkaido. Good God, what some recommended stops to have the best trip possible? Fucking hell, Wesley. That's oh like oh, what two thousand kilometers, and I don't know what path to give you. There's so many ways you could go. Yeah. Hey, what's the answer? This is a question I often get asked, and it's, it's, it's difficult because, let me put it this way, you could easily find the most notable places along these routes, even on a five-minute Google search, but what I would encourage you to do is don't take my advice or Chris's, go off the beaten path and explore and try some of these places that appeal to you when you drive past them, and I think, and at least my experience and the hundreds of people I've talked to, those original experiences are going to be worth a lot more than me telling you to go to X, Y, or Z. Well, I think my main my main bit of advice is you've got two paths really from from Kyushu to sort of uh, Kyoto. There's only there's only one. Ah, I don't know. There's, there's loads of paths you take, but the big decision would be to go follow the west coast, right mm. through Fukui, uh, Kanazawa, Niigata, Niigata, your favourite. Yeah, no, I would Natsuki. say East Coast all the way. Or East Coast, where you've got, you know, Sendai, Fukushima, Iwate. I don't know which route is better, per se. Uh, it's a tough one. East Coast route is, I don't know. But the both shoreline route. is so beautiful over there. It is. I, I personally would prefer the West Coast route. Ah, Niigata does win. And Yamagata, you'd go past Natsuki. Oh, that's else. true. You would. Natsuki, you can see Natsuki. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, oh so he's had a lot of foreign folks turn up recently and 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 piss him off. I think. Wow. So, but but you could walk that way, and I think the West Coast would be more rewarding and mysterious. Well, there you go. Take it actually from someone who's travelled a ton of and Japan it, yeah. and cycled it. I would take Chris's, uh, but I thought he was an East Coast fanatic. So, well, remember we did meet that guy, didn't we, on the original cycle last year, the big one across Hokkaido, and he was he was walking from Wakanai, yeah, to uh, Kagoshima, and he did it, and he did it, and he seemed to have a hell of a time. I think his name may have been Peter. Terrible name. Terrible. <laughs> uh, but good luck, Wesley. Let us know how you get on. That's going to be a hell of an adventure. That's I'd kind impressive. of like to do it. I'd mm. kind of like to do it. Uh, Chris and Pete, hello. I live with the rather wealthy host family uh, of Oita on Kyushu. Oh, I just came from there. I just came from there. In uh, what I later have come to believe was an arranged marriage. What? Mm. The parents didn't communicate much. They lived their own separate lives, and the father barely spoke to me. Are arranged marriages actually a thing in Japan? Thanks for the podcast. Best regards. And from Denmark. Pete. Yeah. Is, have you got an arranged marriage? <laughs> Mine certainly fits that description. <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're in a very lovely relationship. The I, I, I don't think there's that. It's not common. Um, what I would say is it's not uncommon, though, for after a certain point in Japan, is for the man and the woman or the husband and wife uh, to sleep in separate quarters and to kind of have, especially after children, um, this is a kind of old-style way of thinking, and it's not certainly 100% of the time, but after a child's born, the wife historically 
diverts a lot of the attention to raising the child while the husband continues to work. Right, yeah. And then as this continues, there does kind of, not a disconnect, but it does kind of become more of a, a sustainable partnership than it is a marriage that we think of in the Western sense of like right. of this union. That's a now, pretty good way of putting it. Yeah. It's not 100%, right? No, of course. But this is, this is a more dated or possibly what this age group that you were describing is coming from. I know. I've, met, I've, heard of. I've met, you know, I've met people here that have had kind of arranged marriages. Mm. It's more of an older thing that mm-hmm. took place, you know, before it's dying out. Just as is the concept of marriage and having kids in Japan is also dying out. Mm, that's uh, exactly right. For worse. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's very old-fashioned. But it happens. It, it, yes, happen. And certainly in the countryside, it's, it's more widespread as well. It's right. More, it's more of a countryside thing. Another thing that always shocked me, it's slightly off topic, but still on it. Uh, in Japan, it, it's quite common for the child to sleep in the same bed as the husband and wife. Until, Stuff that. Until first or second grade. Oh, my God. Uh, this would never happen in America. I, how would they sleep through my snoring? How would... I, is seven or eight years old? Uh, it's a pretty interesting diversion, but... Would um, you do that? No. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if that's... If I had to do that, but I think that it would be... It's so alien to me to consider it. Yeah. I don't I don't blame the guy for going to get his own room at that point, but, uh, but no. I actually... I don't think it's that... Uh, I would do it. I, w- I think I could handle it. <laughs> no, you couldn't. For a week, I could try... Do you guys bed at 4am every day? Yeah, you're right. You, I could... Pete's the sort of person that, like, comes over at 4am, or we're still here at 4am in the studio, then yep. sits in the bath yeah, for an hour. True. It's like, i got to have a bath, and I'm going to a bath and sit and watch baseball for an hour. Uh, maybe I'm uniquely qualified <laughs> to live this lifestyle. And then you would go to bed just as... They're all getting up. They were getting up, so maybe it could work. Yeah, I think I'm ready, so maybe maybe that's going to be down the road. So <laughs> there you have it. But yeah, that's arranged marriages. Haven't heard of it recently. None of my friends or colleagues or, you know, but... Certainly heard of it in the past. Yeah, and in the countryside where I used to live in Yamagata. Yep. Not, it's, it's, uh, yeah. But yeah, I think what you said was quite interesting about the sort of the concept of marriage in Japan. It is more of a partnership mm. of convenience and, you know, divorce rates are a lot lower in Japan than mm. they are in the West. Well, they weren't last time I checked. That <laughs> being said, that the, um, the, mm, the cheating culture is far more prevalent here than it is. Oh, really? This is on all, yeah, you can see this on all kinds oh, of news. It yeah, it's, it of, yeah. And that's, uh, a lot of the industry of like these, these bars are predicated on married men and women. Hostess clubs. Yeah. And host so, clubs, right. That's just the, that's just the nature of the beast. But when you come here, you, you got to understand that all my, at least from American values are slightly different and adjusting to those and finding a partner who understands those and you understand them, finding the middle ground, that's going to be the biggest challenge. Absolutely. Yep. It's a tough one. I think, oh yeah, there's, there's a lot more to it than than you'd think. Mm. I think. When I, yeah, I think, I mean, when I came here, I wasn't like, I'm going to marry a Japanese woman, <laughs> like some people do. Some people deliberately come here, That's not because of the culture, because like, let's, why is it awkward? You didn't do that. No. To move to a place specifically to be like, I will marry a foreign I've met a lot of foreigners coming here who are like that. And that's kind of um, lame. No, no, not necessarily. You know, maybe if you think, that, yeah, but I, it's not me. I never came with that intention. But then, you know, I dated a Japanese girl and it was going all right. But then I realized there were there were things there that cultural aspects that weren't for me. And I and beyond that relationship I could tell that I don't know if it would if it would work. The, mm. the Japanese dynamic for me. Um 
Which it's there is hard. hard. It's very challenging. Let me tell you first. <laughs> oh, no, no you're but like, you know, mm. obviously, yeah, your your wife, awesome Yuki, she has also lived outside Japan. She lived in Australia. Understands the American ways of well, Kansas. She understands the Perth ways of Australia, <laughs> the most isolated city on planet Earth. It's not as much as Kansas. That's Which, true. Never mind. I guess maybe maybe we have a lot more in common than I realized. So yeah, but we had. I think initially when we first after the honeymoon phase. Or is like this? Everything's great. That was the biggest challenge was communicating different values, and mm. so uh, that doesn't really talk about the question that was asked about arranged marriages. But um, yeah, things are different here than they are to where where I'm from. Things are different, <laughs> yes, for better, for worse. Yeah, oh yeah, certainly. It's half the fun, half the thrill of living in Japan and coming to with the the unique culture. Um, Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Pete for coming back on the Abroad Japan podcast. I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Oh, great. I had a great time. Please <laughs> pay me next time. There's your fee. There's the coin. One coin, two coin. This is your taxi bill. <laughs> How could you? But we'll see you again later in the week, guys. For now, have a great few days. Check out the Day in the Life video if you haven't seen it over on Abroad Japan. But for, bye for now. Have a great one. See you soon. Goodbye now. Broad in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.